0: Hey everyone, welcome to our Strong Mind, Strong Body Podcast. I'm your host, Angie Miller, and today we are going to talk about the power of habits. And very specifically, I'm going to share six daily habits that can boost your emotional health and well-being. Why? Because habits are so powerful. Habits create this sense that we've got this, and when we feel like we've got this, it's an automatic boost. our self-esteem. Habits help us feel calmer. They help us feel healthier and they make us feel more in control. And remember when I did my stress less tips in my last podcast and I talked about that perception of control. That's why habits are so powerful is because we feel like we've got this perception of control. We know what to expect. We know what's coming and therefore we feel like we've got this. Habits are also that predictability is actually what lowers our stress and our anxiety. It's why a lot of times when we go out of town, as much as we love vacationing, sometimes we miss our habits or our routines because we get so used to how we wake up and what we do every morning and where we sit at the table and what kind of coffee we drink. And when we go out of town, sometimes as much as we love being away, we start to miss that daily routine and those daily expectations We've come to love that make us feel safe and secure in our own environment. So the other thing about habits is that you know, when I talk about these today, I'm going to tell you why I think that these are powerful habits to boost our mental health and our mental well being. But I'm also going to tell you some things to consider. So, even if these aren't already habits that you have, or maybe they're simple habits that you very much already have in your life, there's still things that sometimes when somebody talks about them, we can reframe and see them through a different lens, or we can share them with our clients. And maybe we've just got a few, I've got a few extra little tips that you could add to your day so that you could boost your sense of well-being. After all, it is Mental Health Awareness Month. So it's time that we're all aware of what makes us feel good from the inside out, right? So number one, the first habit that I want to talk about is building a consistent morning and evening routine. So in other words, having a morning routine when we wake up and a bedtime routine before we go to bed. So why a morning routine? Well, because our mornings are what set the tone for our day. Think about your good morning versus a bad morning that you've had. Chances are, if it's a bad morning, something got in the way of your routine. Maybe the dog wouldn't go to the bathroom and you were already late for work and you needed to hurry up and get him in his crate before you leave for the day. Or maybe you got up to make your favorite cup of coffee and realized that you were out of coffee. So that morning routine really sets the tone for the day. We wake up to that kind of step-by-step process that we know that we're going to go through to kind of have a day that we know what to expect and kind of comforting. The other thing about morning routines is they keep us organized, my morning routine is how I organize my thoughts for the day and get myself into this kind of space where I'm like, OK, I can put a, a, a differentiation between going to bed and waking up and then actually going out there and facing the world from my me time to my go time. And my morning routine kind of gives me that space between. So it's like, you know, routines are like that. Um The blanket you had as a kid or the stuffed animal that you had to bring with you everywhere you went. And it was because it felt comforting to you. And that's what our routines are. So the most important thing with the morning and a bedtime routine is we want to wake up and go to bed at the same time. And I know that everyone talks about that. Every sleep expert says the best thing we can do for ourselves is to wake up at the same time every morning, go to bed at the same time. And, you know, there's lots of different research out there to support this. So whatever we can do to build those routines to support that positive habit, I think we're going to be in the right place. So some morning routine suggestions that I want to share with you are that you could add to your already routine if you don't already have one or you wanna add a few positive additions. One of them is grab a glass of water. So first thing when you pop out of bed before you even grab that cup of coffee, grab a glass of water. That cold, cool glass of water kind of wakes up that nervous system and, and energizes us. It kind of boosts that positive emotion. It fills our stomach a little bit so that we don't overeat and it kind of boosts our mood, right? It's cool, it's refreshing, it's like diving into a deep swimming pool. So another thing that we can do when we wake up is to step outside and do a power pose, You know, Amy Cuddy and her TED talk about power poses and how posture makes all the difference in how we feel and how we can exude confidence just in our posture. And they did all this research on people when they interview and how they see it sit and people's perception of this person and how they felt about themselves. So maybe in the morning we just walk outside, embrace the day and do a great big power pose just to remind ourselves that we do have this. Another thing that we can add to our morning routine that's a possibility is a few minutes to meditate. So even if you're not a meditator and you're like, "Ah, I don't meditate, I keep reading about how good that is, but I don't have time for that. Take a few minutes just to sit in quiet without any devices, no phones, no nothing. Just sit in quiet with your own thoughts and that's a meditation. Or maybe we take a walk and that's a walking meditation. Maybe we journal To clear our mind, you know, it's like getting rid of that, all that clutter in our head before we start the day so that we have room to add to that space, right? There's not too much going on upstairs. So maybe we journal and clear some mental space for the day. Another thing we can do is review our schedule. I know this is something I do when I wake up. I go over my schedule for the day and I kind of, you know, do a a little checklist of where I need to be and what I need to do to make sure that I don't forget anything and uh, make your bed. You know, we've watched that Ted talk about the power of making your bed. Make your bed because when you leave your house, or even if you don't leave your house, it feels like you're putting space between sleeping and starting your day. It just is something that we do proactively to make us feel organized and neat and ready. The other thing is do your breakfast dishes. So if you're going to leave the house or not leave the house, clean up after yourself, because whatever is left undone, whether it's your bed or your breakfast dishes or the house is a mess, it's really hard to focus on our day and what's in front of us if there's all these distractions beckoning our attention remember in my stress video, I talked about clearing away the clutter. Our, our mind and our brain focus best when we don't have a lot of clutter around us. But the most important thing, again, is to wake up and go to bed at the same time and make sure that, you know, we if, we have, if we're going to work out first thing in the morning, we have our gym clothes next to the bed and we have our shoes next to the bed and that we make our bag for the day if we didn't make it the night before. So we pack everything up so that we don't forget anything. Okay, so why a bedtime routine? Well, a bedtime routine is that place that we restore and we reset. It gets us ready, whether it's our sleepy tea or whether it's nighttime journaling or whether it's a nighttime meditation, whatever it is. The things to consider is, you know, one thing somebody told me years ago, I used to be a big night owl and someone said to me, you know, I finally learned that whatever is there when I go to bed is still going to be there when I wake up. So now I've learned just to put it aside and start my morning with it when my brain is fresh and I'm not overtaxed and overtired and I'm not pushing myself beyond my limits. So some things to consider with a bedtime routine, some small positive changes that you could add if you wanted to is, aside from going to bed and waking up at the same time, is try to power down at least 30 minutes to one hour before you go to bed. And I'm going to talk about that later, but pretty much every expert sleep expert out there will tell you to get rid of your devices. Another thing is, and I know this is simple and seems silly, but wash your face. You know, I remember years ago, my mom telling me, always wash your face before you go to bed. And I used to be that crazy girl in college where I would go out and we'd have a long night and I'd get home at one in the morning and I might just pass out of my bed. And if I woke up at two in the morning and realized I hadn't washed my face, I had to immediately go and do that. Because at the end of the day, when you don't wash your face, it causes inflammation. And when you have inflammation, it it makes you look tired. It makes you feel tired. The other thing is. Floss your teeth, brush your teeth, make sure you set this nighttime routine where you prep yourself for bedtime. Make sure that you straighten your home, do your dishes so that you don't have to do them. So that when you wake up in the morning, you don't walk out with a sink full of dishes and dirty laundry laying everywhere and everything that's left over from the day before. How do we start a day fresh if we haven't even finished the day that was behind us? So make sure that, you know, I think it always helps to clean up the night before, get everything straightened before I before I wake up the next day, so that I'm actually ready for a fresh day. And it doesn't feel like i'm I'm doing leftovers from the day before. The other thing that I talked about is packing that bag. So I always pack my bag for the next day. I kind of call myself the bag lady because I have all these different bags. I have my gym bag. I have my work bag when I'm working as a therapist. I have my bag for when I'm training clients. I have all these different bags. And I always make sure that whatever is on my schedule for that day, that bag is packed. And if it's the gym bag and I'm going to start with the run, then it's sitting right there by my bed. If it's another bag, it's sitting by my back door so that I don't forget it. And I don't have to turn around and come back and then start my day by running late. The other thing that we can do before we go to bed is make a list for the next day. So when my friend taught me to, you know, whatever will be there, will be there the next day. I learned to make a list <laughs> and I've got I've, I know exactly what I need to wake up to. That way I get it out of here. And I know when I wake up, I can go right back to it. And I know that I don't have to think about where do I need to be today? What do I need to do? I've already created this list. And so I prepared for the next day. So if you're just joining me, my name is Angie Miller. This is our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast. And I am talking about daily habits that boost your mental health and well-being. Daily habits that give us this sense of routine and positive control that help us Create these days that flow better, feel more smooth, and feel like we are in a predictable, safe situation that lowers anxiety and stress. And since it's Mental Health Awareness Month, it's always good to talk about things that will lower our levels of anxiety and stress. The other thing that you can do before you go to bed, and I always make sure I do this, I tend to have a mind that wants to ruminate and go over anxious thoughts. So I put a notebook and a pen by my bed, and if I really can't sleep and I've already made that list and there's still things spinning, instead of laying there hoping that they'll go away, I get my notebook, I get my pen, and I jot those things down. Whatever I can do to get them out of my mental space and my emotional space and put them on paper, I give them less power. I give them a place to go, and then I just tell myself, you know what, I'll deal with this tomorrow. So the other thing that we can do is write a list of everything that we're grateful for. That's a great way to go to bed with a spirit of gratitude. And things that we can ask ourselves is, you know, what went well today? Instead of just thinking, what am I grateful for? We can ask, what went well today? Um, what, am I, what am I most grateful for? Um, what made me smile today? Um, what did I do for somebody else today? So we can make a list of what we're most grateful for. Okay, so those morning and those evening routines are super powerful. So the second habit is make it a habit to go device free in the morning and before we go to bed. So I said I was going to come back to this one. Here's the thing about going device free. If we wake up in the morning and the first thing we do, let's say that our um, alarm clock is our phone. What if we use an old school alarm clock and what if we put our phone somewhere else so that we're not tempted and are, you know, we're not completely hijacked by the phone. So what happens in the morning is if you use that as an alarm clock, first thing you do, turn your phone over, the phone goes off, you turn off your alarm, and the first thing you see is all the emails and texts that came in, and all of a sudden you go straight into work mode, or maybe you get on social media and you go straight into comparison mode. So what if we put space between all of our devices and we started with just 10 minutes in the morning, and 10 minutes before we go to bed. And if that works and that feels good, maybe we go to 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, pretty soon maybe we have a full hour to ourselves before we, or when we first wake up and before we go to bed. That way we don't go into work mode. We don't go into comparison mode right when we wake up or right before we're trying to get to sleep at night. Because remember, anything that drives us into work mode or comparison mode just drives our stress and our anxiety. And also the minute we start scrolling our phone, I think we all know that two minutes easily becomes 20 minutes, which easily becomes two hours. And there goes our schedule in our day. So what to consider, you know, use that old school alarm, like I mentioned. Um, the other thing to consider is, you know, sometimes we have our kids turn in their devices, maybe we can turn in our devices. Maybe we have a special spot in the house where we put all of our devices and we help our family keep us accountable. Because remember, just that extra bandwidth of space that you create for you, for the you time before the go time is gonna be huge in how your day goes and how your day flows. So the third habit is to make it a habit to set a daily intention. Daily intentions are not just for yoga class, okay? Daily intentions set the tone for the day. And again, they kind of breed a sense of positive control. Make sure that when you set those daily intentions, you're setting things like um, very specific and targeted things that apply to you. So a daily intention might be something like, Today, I'm gonna smile at three people I don't know and greet them. Today, I'm gonna make sure that I spend one hour working on that project that I've been dreading. And hopefully that's already been scheduled in. Today, I'm going to make sure and whatever is on your schedule, that could already be your daily intention. It could be about your attitude. It could just be today. I'm going to have a great day because I'm going to make sure that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to remind myself that I've got this. So set a daily intention, whatever you want that to be. At the end of every time I work with a client or teach a fitness class, I always ask them to set an intention for the day. All right. So number four. Make it a habit. To be positive and to compliment others. And I know that seems so simple and simplistic, but it's such a powerful thing to build relationships with others. It's such a powerful thing to strengthen our bonds with other people, especially those that we care about. You know, when we first meet our spouse or a significant other, we're really in this complimentary mode. We notice everything that we love about them. And a lot of times we even do this with our clients. When we first start working with them, we're very complimentary and we, we talk about everything that they're doing well because we really want to build them up. And then sometimes we get into these routines or these ruts and we forget to compliment them. We forget to tell them how much they mean to us or what a great job that they're doing. And so why do we want to compliment? Again, because it strengthens bonds and it's it builds and sustains relationships. It lets people know <clears throat> that we appreciate them. And the main thing is, is that it builds our appreciation for other people. And so what happens is if I'm looking for ways to compliment you, I'm looking for what's good in you versus what's annoying about you. If I'm looking for ways to compliment you, I'm focusing what I like about you versus what I don't like. I'm looking for what's positive about you versus something that's negative about you. And so it reframes the the, the way that I conceptualize you and see you on a day-to-day basis. If you have somebody in your life that you find very annoying or difficult to get along with, try giving them a couple of authentic compliments and you would be surprised at how much it comes from you, how much the way that you view that person really is less about them and more about you and more about your perspective on them. And so if you shift the narrative and you, you kind of, um, put yourself in this position where you need to compliment them and look for what's good versus what's bad. You're going to find that you, you see them through a completely different light and it will transform relationships. So a few things to consider when you're complimenting other people, it really needs to be authentic and it really needs to be natural. So for those people that you don't really love or get along well with, you're really going to have to think about this so that it comes across very naturally. But like somebody like your spouse, if you were to say just a simple, I love you, would have instead you were to say, I love you. And I really appreciate how you drove the kids to school today. Or I really appreciate how you helped clean up today. Or I really appreciate and do name something specific that they did that day so that you go to bed with something more than just an I love you. Okay. So with our clients, I talked about this in my communication tips video, I talked about how sometimes that helps because they get so used to us saying motivating things. So sometimes that helps to get their attention by starting out with a really strong phrase like, I don't know if anyone has told you lately, but you're really getting strong. Or I don't know if you've noticed, but your posture is really improving. And when we preface it with something like, I don't know if anyone has told you, or I don't know if you know this, all of a sudden they go on high alert, like what, what are you going to tell me? And we don't, our words don't just get lost in all of the other stuff that we're telling them along the way. Okay, so there's a lot of power in a compliment. Trust me, it'll transform your relationships. So number five, make it a habit to be proactive and stop procrastinating. This is such a hard one. This is my biggest struggle. This is my nemesis. And I'll tell you why. Because I also filmed some tips on how to not be a perfectionist. And the reason why I did that is because I struggle with perfectionism. And those of us who struggle with perfectionism, tend to get caught up in procrastination because nothing builds a dread factor more than this has to be perfect or I have to get this exactly right. I have to captivate people's attention from start to finish. So even if you're not a perfectionist, All of us have been guilty of procrastination at some point in our lives, and nothing is worse than a looming deadline to just destroy our day. So what to consider with um, procrastination is, you know, again, nothing hijacks the day more, but it also kind of depletes our confidence. And the irony, the thing to consider about it is the irony is the more I try not to think about something, the more I'm thinking about it. Because I'm thinking about ways to not think about it. And so it's always in my mental space. That's why we teach athletes about concentration, right? Because the more that we, we, they focus on external stuff and the more they tell themselves, don't look at that, don't look at that, the more they look at that, right? So it's really important to consider that, um, We don't want to procrastinate because it's all we're going to think about throughout the day. So one of the best things to do to avoid procrastinating, especially on big projects, is just to take the first step. And I know you're thinking, well, of course, I know that everybody knows that. But sometimes that's where the schedule comes in. When you're creating that schedule for the day, schedule 15 minutes just to get started, if all else to build a build out an outline for what it is that you need to do for that project so that you feel like you spent 15 minutes of targeted time prepping yourself. So taking that first step is the most daunting, but it really is that that, that first step that's going to give you the ability to climb the next step and the next step. So again, I'm Angie Miller, I'm talking about habits. It's mental health awareness month and habits boost mental health and well-being. Habits give us this perception of control. They make us feel like we've got this. They're consistent and they're predictable and they're safe. Habits are like a warm blanket. We love them because we know what to expect. And anytime we know what to expect, we feel like we're safe in our own little world, okay? So habits are powerful. So aside from kind of focusing on that first step and taking that first step is make sure that you set a deadline. Okay, make sure that you have a deadline for this project. And if somebody gives you an open ended project, you set that deadline for yourself, because that way, you know, if it's just a never ending deadline, that is like the nemesis of the procrastinator, because if there's no deadline, then you may never, ever get to it. So that's where the schedule is powerful. Okay. so guess what? That is number six, make it a habit to live by a schedule and to commit to not just wing it. Right. Our schedules don't have to be so regimented. We don't have to be military-style schedules. But without a schedule, probably most of us will accomplish very little throughout the day. Because at the end of the day, it's kind of like that uh, stress continuum. At the bottom of the stress continuum is complete apathy. There's no schedule. There's nothing driving our day. There's nowhere we need to be. And then there's that peak where we are just enough stress, just enough on our plate to where we know we're going to we're motivated, we're driven. And then when it goes to the other side, that's where we become super stressed and anxious. But a schedule keeps us right here. A schedule kind of helps us to look at our day and remind us of what we have ahead. And then we feel like we we know what to expect and we know how to, how to schedule it out, how to put it into our calendar and devote X amount of time to it. So a few things to consider. On Sunday nights, I always set my schedule for the week. That's up to you when you wanna do that. But I actually plan out my workouts for the week. I plan out where the workouts are gonna be, what I'm gonna do for the workout and what time. That's when I also know when my appointments are for that week. That's when I know when my deadlines are for that week. That's when I know when things are due. That's when I know when I'm working at the hospital for the work that I do in mental health and when I'm working with clients, that's my schedule for the week and I can conceptualize what it's gonna look like. And I build in some bandwidth, some space in there where I can navigate some moving parts. But the other thing to consider is when you're building out this schedule, think of your life like a pie. And I think in terms of a wellness pie. So if we were going to talk about the wellness pie, we've got that intellectual slice. We've got the emotional slice. We've got the social slice. We've got the physical slice the spiritual slice, and then I'm adding one, the self-care slice. Because a lot of times with that gets lost, it's like, well, where does self-care come in? Okay, so we slice it all out. And when we create that schedule for the week, I would challenge you to put it in a graph form to create that schedule in your spreadsheet and then make a graph out of it and see where most of your time gets spent. If you've got too much time in an intellectual pie, because maybe you're studying for your master's or your PhD or your bachelor's or you're studying for a certification exam and that intellectual pie is huge. But you notice that your social pie—you've got no time with family or friends. We're only going to be able to sustain that for so long, right? But when we see it in graph form, and if we help our clients do this, they really recognize how to create balance in their lives, or or why maybe they feel a little disjointed and crabby and stressed and anxious because they don't have a lot of balance in their lives. Maybe there's too much of their pie that's being spent at the gym, or too much of their pie that's being spent at work. So Create this pie of whatever the biggest components in your life, right? And then determine where how to equal out that pie when you see it in graph form. And then that's where you can add and delete as needed. That's where you get a look at that schedule and say, you know what, I need to build in a 15-minute call to call a friend at least once this week. I need to build in that uh, 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the evening where I'm not going to have devices, where I just get some self-time, where I get to meditate or journal or do whatever it is that calms me, read a book, okay? So those are basically the six habits that I wanted to talk to you about. Creating that morning and evening routine, making sure that we set a schedule, all these habits that we can do, that we can implement into our day, and we can add and delete as needed, But I have some other kind of positive habits that I think might help boost our mental health. Some other positive habits is make it a habit to laugh every single day. So whether you're watching Comedy Central or you're watching something funny, make it a habit to laugh every single day. Number two is make it a habit to listen to your daily self-talk. So I talked about this in my Stress uh, Tips to Stress Less Uh, Podcasts, I talked about listening to our inner narrative, and sometimes we need to change the radio station. So make it a habit to pay attention to your daily self talk. If you're really feeling down and demoralized and you're not really sure what's going on, write down the things that you say to yourself over and over again, like a broken record. And if those things are negative or derogatory, or they make you feel bad about yourself, Talk to somebody who can help you reframe those or sit down with yourself and journal about them and really try to do some positive reframes. Use some replacement thoughts like I talked about in that video. Okay, and remember, we're not we're not a failure. We're not we're not all these deep, dark things that we think we are. Sometimes we just have setbacks. So the third one, the third extra habit to boost your mental health is make it a habit to walk tall. So remember that Amy Cuddy uh, talk that I talked about with the power poses. When we walk tall, we exude this this era or this aura of confidence. We believe in ourselves and people believe in us. And we send the message that we've got this. So make it a, a habit to walk tall, not to slouch, not to slump your shoulders, because that just posture alone boosts our mental health, right? It's as simple as that cool glass of water in the morning and that simple evening routine, just walking tall and holding ourselves posturally strong makes us feel strong on the inside so that we feel strong on the outside. And then make it a habit to stop multitasking. You know what? It's evidence-based. We can't multitask. Eating lunch while sending emails may seem like, you know, oh, I'm getting a lot more done, but our brain just can't process like that. All it does is drives our stress and anxiety, trying to do too many things at once, and we're not fully engaged in any one thing at any time. And then last but not least, make it a habit to read, to meditate, to journal about your thoughts, or to do at least one thing a day that makes you feel good about being you. Whatever that one thing is, nobody knows what that is except for you. But find that one thing that makes you love the skin that you're in and makes you feel good about being you and being with you you. So those are just some powerful, simple habits that we can add on a day-to-day basis that help to boost our mental health and well-being. I'm Angie Miller in the spirit of Mental Health Awareness Month. I hope that you're all taking care of yourselves on the inside and the outside. I'll see you next time.